0: Welcome to the Conformed to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. I'm Jay Jones, and I am here with co-host George Mays for Text Driven Tuesday. And we are finishing up uh, this section of Hebrews, so if you have your Bible, you're going to want to grab your Bible, go to Hebrews chapter 12, and today we're looking at verses 25 through the end of the chapter in the... This is the conclusion of the final warning passage. There were five warning passages, and this is it. This is the last piece of the last warning passage. Mm-hmm. So you're almost done, George. You're almost done with the book. How do you feel almost about- done. How do you feel about <clears throat> knowing that by the end of the year, well, you'll have a little break to prepare yourself for the ending that's coming, because we're going to Jonah next, next week what's your favorite book? Yep. And you're going to be done preaching it. How do you feel
1: about that? I'm just going to start over again, I guess. <laughs> Are you going to be okay? I'll just start over. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. I, I you know, I've I've always wanted to preach to the book of Hebrews and having the opportunity to do it has has been a lot of fun. It's been 2 years. Mm-hmm. Did you, I, yeah. I didn't almost to the day. Uh let's see. Today's what uh the 18th. When this really yes, today's the, the 19th
0: is that is that right yeah T- well today's the 18th tomorrow's tomorrow the it'll come the 19th. out on the 19th okay so. yeah
1: um so when people are listening to this it will have been two years to the day okay that we started hebrews um, all right yeah i'm uh, i'm looking forward to finishing it up hopefully it's been um beneficial it's been super beneficial for me i've i've learned a lot as i've been going through it yeah um What's interesting
0: is uh, in the ministry, you don't often get a sense of like completion or that you accomplish something because you don't, you know, you don't really see the fruit a, a lot of times. Sometimes you get to see the fruit of your ministry, but I mean, it's not like, okay, you know, we go and we build something. Like right. back when I was a plumber, I could plumb mm-hmm. a two story house. And when I got done, I could look up in the walls and I'd be like, give me that cream soda. Let me just look at my work. You don't get that sense of accomplishment. You know what I'm saying, George? But when you finish preaching through a book, it's okay to laugh, George.
1: Is that what you said? That's what, that what, that what I said. Is, is that what you said when you get done with the job? Give me that cream soda. Deion
0: Sanders, you know, Sanders goes, give me my theme music. And what I say is, give me that cream soda. Okay. That's mine. That's my line. Yeah. Okay. So you're about to be at a cream soda moment, you know what I mean? Where you can sit back, you you finish a book and you actually, you know what I mean though, right? You finish Mm -hmm. a book and you're like, I finished it. Like it's completed. I completed something. Right. It's a nice feeling, Mm -hmm. but also kind of sad. You're saying saying goodbye to a friend that you've been with for a while. Yeah. It's almost here. Prayers for George as he completes his favorite book. So, (laughs) That'd be good, though. We'll have a cream soda moment when you're We're going to have a
1: cream soda moment right now, Jay, because uh, two of our church members, they went on a little vacation, and uh, they were on the lookout, I guess, and they brought back a little treat for us. Ah. And uh, have you not seen this yet? He sent me a picture before.
0: Ah. No, no, I was gone. I was gone. He may have sent it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, I was up without service for pretty much almost a whole week up in in Colorado. All
1: right. Well, this is... um, this is a bottle that we might send a photo to Josh King and see if he's if he's had this one. Okay. What we got here. This is a Whoa. Spe- <laughs> special reserve vanilla cream soda. That's got wax, wax on uh, it like it's know, a bottle it's got, of wine. Yeah, it's got uh, yeah, it's got it's got wax on it. <laughs>
0: is this fermented cream soda? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, what, it, are we, what, what are we this? what are we drinking here? <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, that's serious, Indian buddy. Wells Brewing Company. <laughs> I don't know. Man. They're artisans. Yeah. Huh? So uh, taking
0: pride. Yeah. Melting that wax.
1: How are you going to get that open? I don't know. I'm looking at it, and I I don't know. You got to break that know. wax seal somehow, I George. Break this thing. Yeah, I don't know. And then
0: you're going to have to. I don't s- know how. Is it a? Uh, so, I, yeah. Uh,
1: well, do we need a knife to open? this? Maybe thing? <laughs> we might need, we let might me see need. that thing. You need, you need something to cut into that thing.
0: You pull it from this.
1: Uh... <clears throat> that popped right off. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. not how you do it. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Here we go. You got it. It's yeah. Yeah. All it's right. starting, to, starting to open.
1: I tell some people that have, uh, have, haven't been listening to the podcast as long as, as we've been doing it, that, uh, there's the random episodes where we do <laughs>
0: like
1: <laughs> like reviews of products. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Oh yeah. All right. Here oh, you nice. go, friends. Very nice. All right.
0: So what is it what is this called here? The people the people are going to need to hear this poured. Right. All right. They're just they're not watching. They need to hear it. Here we go. Let's see if I can make them hear it. All right. yeah smell it you got to smell it first george don't just go in there after
1: we should have i mean i i feel Mm. like i feel like we're drinking smell what do you grade the smell of
0: this cream soda this is old-fashioned cream soda it's called handcrafted you can can smell the the vanilla vanilla cream
1: indian wells Brewing company. You can smell the you can smell the vanilla. I feel like we should have special tasting glasses for the creams. <laughs> <laughs> we do it real classy here. We got these yeah. foam coffee cups.
0: We can't judge the coloring because we can't see through our cup, but yeah. That smells good. It smells it smells it good. really good. I'm gonna, take a, I'm gonna take a drink. Very nice. Very nice.
1: That's pretty good.
0: Vanilla. What else? What other flavor can you can you discern? That's a lot of vanilla. Maybe a dash of caramel. Yeah, and a whole lot of soda, just right.
1: That's good. Yeah, very good. Thank you for that. Yeah. So thanks to. uh, Can we? name people's names. I don't on, know. Uh, I podcast. don't know how they would feel about that.
0: Maybe drop some initials. <laughs> See if people can figure it out. Huh? <clears throat> Thanks for the cream soda. Yeah, very good. Yeah, very good. All right. Well, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25. Shall we have you read it? Sure. Okay. Let's read it, then we'll jump into this final warning passage.
1: Okay. See. Um, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. All right. I like the way you read that there. Well, you got you to gotta have that uh, that ragweed, <laughs> that ragweed. Uh, I thought it was just your radio all, voice. Allergy, allergy voice. It's yeah. not your radio voice. It's just your ragweed <laughs> just voice. It's my song. ragweed voice. Yeah. yeah.
0: We got back from Colorado and that's the first thing I noticed. Welcome back to the state that hates me and tries to kill me every time I return from just a little break. Uh-huh. I get like a little break and my body apparently goes back into normal mode. Mm-hmm. And then I come back to Oklahoma, and it's like, okay, game on, allergy yep. time. Uh huh. All right, so this is uh, the the last, the last warning. Pest. Mm-hmm. There are five. Yes. You started with the five warnings to the Titanic. That's mm-hmm. your that's your kind of opener, draw us in, attention grabber, and I like that because we'll circle back around at the end. Mm-hmm. The
1: Titanic had like five warnings, right? It um it. It was hard to count them because, it, uh, so you go to uh, the Titanic's actual website, there's like titanic.com, and they had a an article on these warnings, and they said that by 7.50 of the night that, that it was, it hit the iceberg, uh, what well, was it, April 14th, um, they, they'd receive five. Oh. But then, if you look at the timeline that they have on the same website there's it looks like maybe if uh, i mean i I could be counting wrong, maybe around nine total, but by by seven that night, so it it started at uh like nine in the morning. they just kept getting like con- constantly getting ice warnings from other boats ah. and by seven that night they they'd received five mm. and the last one that they received came at ten fifty five that night and um like an hour later, they hit the iceberg. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. So good, good little gra- intention grabber, because we have been given five warnings mm-hmm. in the book of Hebrews, and yeah. Hebrews kind of seems to be structured around these warnings. Um, And I think you've made it very clear, hopefully by now, you know, obviously you are a, uh, a believer in what some would say is once saved, always saved, though that's... We don't like that term, because I think it promotes laziness and maybe even some antinomianism, which would mean people just feel free to sin in however they want, thinking they have some security. But a better term
1: is perseverance of the saints. Perseverance of the saints, that's what... Or or eternal security. Eternal security. That that kind of captures a little bit. But perseverance of the saints is is probably better.
0: I like to say perseverance of God in the saints.
1: Yeah. You know, um, or, or God's preservation of the saints yeah. through their perseverance. I mean, now we're starting to get into like yeah. long phrases. <laughs> yeah, but it's the, not, not quite a, as catchy.
0: I think you've made it pretty clear, though. Hopefully, and people have picked up on it, that the warning passages they function as the means that God uses to keep you, right, to to uh, help you to persevere to the end, mm-hmm. where you will uh, be glorified. So um I think that's been made clear. It's God just He doesn't just leave us and say, Persevere to the end. He gives you these warnings and the warnings the Christian reads the warnings and they say, Well, I'm never going to get close to that. Mm-hmm. I'm staying far away from that.
1: Yeah, one of the things that I um <clears throat> we were we were talking about our community group on um on Sunday was the fact that these warnings aren't telling you anything that a Christian shouldn't already be doing. Uh. So if you find yourself in the warning, you, that's what the warning is for. It's it's to remind you you're you're straying, so mm-hmm. you need to come back. Mm-hmm. And the the Christian will repent and they will come back. Um, if you are already doing these things, it shouldn't uh, it shouldn't cause you to be like, well, I'm gonna you know I. I don't want to do that. That's legalism. Uh-huh. Like a a Christian should look at the warnings and say, "Well, I I want to do that. I I want to I want to pay attention to the gospel. I want to I want to to listen to the voice of Christ." So if you find yourself saying, "I'm not doing that," the warning is a call to repent. Uh-huh. And if you're not doing it and you don't want to repent, then you shouldn't take comfort in saying, "Well, I, you know, I I said a prayer and asked Jesus into my heart." you know, 20 years ago. And so I'm, I'm okay. Right. Like the warning yeah. passage should be that wake up call. Okay. All right. So
0: I was, I'll admit a little bit distracted yesterday,
1: but I have two
0: main points. Is that what you had? That's it. Okay. You I got, got it. I got, two got it. Points. Two main points. And the first one you have, I I believe was do not refuse him who is speaking. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So in that you can clearly see if you have your Bible comes just straight, so I, I, straight so out of the text. I, d- I
1: divided it. Um, I I told the church don't get too comfortable with these two these two main points. Uh, uh-huh. I did two main points last week when you were gone. Mm. Uh, so two weeks in a row, only two points. Two Jay. points. Um, <clears throat> but it's uh, it's a there's a negative and a positive. There's a negative warning and there's a positive admonition. That's that's how I divided it. Right. So the
0: first, uh, do not refuse him who is speaking. So who is speaking?
1: Well, I mean, we connect it. So a reminder that this, at least the way I'm reading it, the warning passage started all the way back in verse 12. Mm -hmm. So this is a a big warning passage. Um, So we don't want to divide the sections and, and just ignore what's come before. So in verse 24, it says that, that we've come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse Him who is speaking. So, when you when you put the the verses together, very easy to see it's it's Jesus speaking through His blood, yeah, uh, from Mount Zion. Mm-hmm. So He's the one who is speaking, yeah.
0: Okay. And so you have this first, if you're taking notes, and as you follow along, this first point kind of you lay out some reasons. Reasons why we should not refuse him who is speaking, or reasons why we should be listening to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first kind of has a contrast. There's a lesser to the greater argument that's going on here. Right. Um, If they did not escape. When they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape if we reject him who warns on heaven? So, Mm. there's uh, this is a callback again to the Old Testament, as Mm -hmm. so often is occurring through Hebrews. Hebrews is really a book that you probably are going to want to have read the Old Testament before you jump into Hebrews. Or you're gonna be like, who is this? What mountain is this? Yeah, have what, a what have a good I, a good grasp
1: yeah. of like the the basic story of the, mm-hmm. of the Old Testament. Yeah,
0: right. So and back, the voice that they heard in the Old Testament was God's voice. Mm-hmm. They heard God speaking from the mountain. So maybe so set the setting for us right, on that.
1: Right. So he's he's speaking to them from Earth. Is mm-hmm. is the is the contrast here? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't it, they're not. They are refusing the one who speaks to them from on earth. That's God because you, they come to Mount Sinai. They come to this mountain out in the wilderness after having come out of Egypt and crossing the Red Sea. They come to this mountain. It's, it's covered in darkness and clouds and fire and lightning. And the ground is shaking and they hear a voice speaking to them. And, and we actually read that Yahweh comes down onto the mountain. Um, so he he speaks to the people from the mountain, and this would have been terrifying. Uh, we we saw this last week with uh, the description that is found in that that last section with the the mountain that's filled with blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice um, that's so terrifying that they the hearers beg that no further message be given to them. And what's interesting is that word "beg" up in verse nineteen is the same word that's translated as "refused" and "reject" here in verse twenty-five. Um, I I don't know why the ESV translates the same word three three different ways, three different times, but um, there it is. It's the same. It's the same word. Okay. I think it's. Yeah, it's it's very close. I don't think it's the same in each one, but the the root form it's the same word. Okay. Um, so they they hear the voice and they beg, or they. In in Deuteronomy five, this is not cast in really a negative way, but here the the author of Hebrews he's bringing the whole thing together and he's casting it in a negative light. They're refusing, they're rejecting to hear the voice that's speaking to them uh, because they're so fearful that they'll die. Uh, but back in, in Deuteronomy, God actually approves of it and he says it's good. What they're saying is good. Uh, they They want Moses to go and speak to God and speak on God's behalf to them because they fear God. And then God says, oh, that they had a heart like this always to uh, obey. And that's that's where the negative comes in, because they, they have this outward begging not to hear the voice of God, because they, they fear him in like a physical, they have like a physical reaction to God speaking to them from Mount Sinai. But that fear doesn't translate to them actually listening and yeah, obeying. Right. They say, we'll do it. But um, when it really comes down to it, they just start worshiping false gods, even while they're at Mount Sinai. Uh-huh. Like this fear that they have for God, it doesn't last very long because um, Moses goes up on the mountain to speak to God and <laughs> come down and, and tell them what God says. And while he's gone, they're down making a golden calf and having a party. And the, uh-huh. so the fear, that that gut reaction that they have, they it doesn't it doesn't carry them on to obedience and so that's that's what the author means here he's saying don't don't reject him who's speaking um they begged that they wouldn't hear and then they went on not to obey and they right. didn't they didn't escape the judgment that he warned would would come upon them so you don't be the same way so he's not just calling you to have like this gut reaction of, of fear and trembling towards God it's fear god and keep his commandments which you know we we saw that at the end of ecclesiastes that's the whole duty of man is to right. is to fear god keep his commandments not just have an outward fear of him and then do whatever we want <laughs>
0: right. right yeah And today there's not even really even that fear yeah we'll get, it, we'll, at get all, to, we'll get right? to that right yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm trying to remember did they hear the 10
1: words they
0: heard the ten words spoken yeah in that, and, and, and that's ex, what
1: Exodus 20 they hear they hear the ten words and then they they're fearful and they they're like that's, wait, that's it, enough uh, go uh, up and yeah. get
0: the rest uh-huh, yeah but then what after uh, even hearing the the ten Commandments he's yeah, gone and yeah, then they're they, already they break like all of them <laughs> yeah, they go right into <laughs> idolatry yeah they go right into it yeah
1: they they break probably half of the the ten words after yeah. he goes up on the mountain to to do what they right <laughs> they asked them to do. yeah um, so don't don't be like them. don't don't ref, don't reject the one who is who's warning from heaven. So they they refused the one who spoke to them on earth and they didn't escape punishment mm-hmm. How much less will we will we escape if we reject him who speaks to us from heaven. So right. the the contrast is continuing. Last week we saw the contrast between Mount Zion uh, Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. The fear of Zion, or a fear of Sinai, and the and the joy of of Mount Zion, but now uh, God spoke to them from Mount Sinai and warned them, and they refused to listen, and they didn't escape punishment. How much less are we going to escape if we refuse to listen to the one who's speaking to us from Mount Zion? Right. And they did. They didn't. We we can read about the the curses uh the the uh, the curses in Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28 and it all came upon them uh-huh. uh they they didn't they didn't uh they didn't escape they they all suffered the the consequences of breaking the covenant um do we think that since we've come to Mount Zion that we're going to escape if we refuse to listen right if we, if we don't obey Christ he's he's warning from a superior mountain he's a superior voice uh-huh. um we have a superior message how are we going to escape a more severe judgment uh-huh. if we uh, if we refuse him
0: uh-huh. yeah
1: and that's that's what comes next the this it's judgment judgment is coming right um if we don't listen then we're going to experience this judgment so there's the argument from the lesser to the greater
0: And then he kind of moves into this idea of the earth being shaken, right? Mm -hmm. So this this brings up the idea of judgment. There's the shaking and all of that that occurred at Sinai. Mm -hmm. There's a future shaking, which is talked about here in these verses, um, which can really be seen in a kind of like an expansion that takes place. Right? The, there is coming an, an ultimate end times shaking of the earth and all of the elements and all of the created order will be shaken, and the only thing that will remain is that which is eternal. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's this coming future judgment, all of the cosmos will be shaken. The only thing that will remain will be the new creation. Right. Uh, but there's also this this element that you brought out that I think should be should have been incredibly powerful for the people who would live through it, because you you brought out that we're only 10 years tops, right, from the destruction of the temple. <laughs> right. Where the known—I mean, the, their whole world is going to be shaken. Yeah. So if you have a temptation to leave Christ, you, you've supposedly made this confession and you've converted and you're following Christ, who's the ful- fulfillment of all of the Old Covenant— And you're tempted because of persecution and hardship, and maybe your family bonds can play a big role in this. You you know, you your family can uh, can apply tremendous amount of pressure to you to apostatize, and so the warning is: you go back, go back to the old covenant and the priests, and like
1: it, it's all about to be undone. Yeah, and this um, this. So them refusing to listen to the voice is not I don't think this is just some abstract idea that he's he's giving here. L- let's say that the the book of Hebrews is written around I don't know early 60s um, latest maybe like 64. Uh, by that time, some of the gospels have started circulating right? Like Matthew, Mark, there, maybe Luke, but definitely Matthew and Mark have started to, to circulate. Um, in Matthew and Mark, there is the Olivet Discourse, and Jesus says that within this generation, not one stone will be left upon another; they'll all be they'll all be cast down. Like he he predicts the coming destruction of the the city and the temple. Mm-hmm. So by them go be tempted to go back after receiving the warning from Christ they are literally not believing what Jesus said mm. they're they're not believing that he's he's predicted that this is going to happen right or they're they're just saying eh he's maybe he's wrong Mm. that's that's pretty serious <laughs> right. That's pretty serious that and that's not an, that's not an abstract thing that's a concrete thing that that's the same thing as, as someone in our church we're, we're teaching something from the Bible and they're like I, I, you know I don't I don't think that that's right right like it's, it's questioning like the inspiration and, and uh, you know an errancy of of the scriptures. It'd be the same thing mm-hmm. so that, that's what's that that's what's going on. They're rejecting the word of Christ that predicted that this was going to be shaken. And they're saying, "Yeah, maybe not. We still, we still got time. Like it's still there. We'll, you know, we still can go back." Mm -hmm. And so it's it's really an urgent, an urgent instruction and warning to them: don't go back because the things you're going back to are all they're all going to be rubble, right? um, Within, I mean, we're we're talking maybe ten years, Mm -hmm. even before then. Uh, it's been desecrated by everything that happens during the Jewish wars. It's, it's not like everything's fine and then AD 70. Mm-hmm. Like for three and a half years, the Romans have been uh, surrounding the city. The, the zealots have, have taken over the Temple Mount and they've killed priests and like blood is running in the... It's, it's, it's like hell on earth in the city of Jerusalem during this time. That's what you're going to go back to? Like that's what that's what if you if you leave that's what you deserve imagine that you are
0: a person who doesn't listen and you go back right and you're like oh i'm back temple
1: priests everything's good and you're welcome back into the synagogue you're welcome yeah. back into your family and and your friends and and society or your the romans won't uh, you know for a time Right. Maybe you you don't have problems with the Romans. Uh-huh. Um, yeah.
0: And then this day comes. <laughs> right.
1: And your whole world is
0: just disappeared.
1: Yeah, I mean, can you imagine like can, can you imagine hearing the news that the Romans are marching on Jerusalem?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no stopping them. Once right. once they put their, you know, their military machinery into mm. place, like it's game over. Yeah. There's no stopping.
1: And they're they're they're. I mean, you you can read Josephus and and uh, some of these these accounts of what happened. Eusebius talks about it some. And the Romans are just killing people as they're as they're making their way south. As Vespasian is is bringing the army to mm-hmm. Jerusalem. I mean, they're just they're just killing people. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolute brutality. And they and they burn it all down, take all the gold. Mm-hmm. There's literally nothing left. The only thing that's left, I, I suppose, would be. The little pieces of the Western Wall, Mm -hmm. which it seems today is treated like an idol. Yeah, you can see pictures of people Mm -hmm. going there.
1: Yeah, making a pilgrimage there, Uh, but there's nothing left. The temple is gone. Yeah, the animal sacrifices are gone. The Levitical priesthood are gone. Everything that they're being they're being told Jesus is better than in the Book of Hebrews is going to be gone, because in God's sovereignty. He 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 literally does away with the former things because the new and better has come. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Judaism of today is um, it's not the Judaism of the Old Testament right. or the, or what they're practicing in the New Testament because they've the the rabbis had to find ways to reinterpret things because there is no t- temple or priest or sacrifices and right. so they have to they have to reinterpret what all of this is because they can't they can't follow the the law of Moses. Right, you can't, you can't follow the law of Moses when there isn't, there's not even a tabernacle. There, there's no Levites. How are you gonna? How are you gonna practice any of this? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was all just temporary. And I mean, this is a, this is a great apologetic. The, the fact that Christ comes and the church, the church grows and the gospel goes out and then the temple is destroyed, and it hasn't been around for two thousand years. Um. That's quite the coincidence, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> that this person that that uh, we're saying this is the Messiah comes, and then all the all the temple and all the ceremonies and and all of this are done away with. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. I wonder why God would allow this to happen. Right. Um, it's because the better has come. Mm-hmm. So don't don't leave don't leave the church to go back to these things because God's going to shake it and and uh, these things that are made with with hands. Which he's he's talked about uh, the tabernacle, these things made by hands. Um, it, it's all going to be shaken. It's mm-hmm. it's not going to remain. All right. But he he use he he quotes from Haggai chapter two, and I found this pretty fascinating as I was as I was studying it because I I'm not super familiar with the book of Haggai. I know you know I know the the basic overall message of the book, but like really honing in because he's quoting from it. It's a weird. It's like a weird place for him to be quoting from, I guess. Just this, this random one verse. Uh, Yet once more, I'll shake not only the earth but the heavens also. Uh-huh. Um, until you look at what's going on in Haggai, um, you've got the the people of God. They're they're coming back from exile and they're rebuilding the temple. But as they're trying to rebuild the temple, they're uh, they're the neighboring nations are preventing them from doing it. They're, they're, um, they're saying, we'll, we'll come and stop you. Um, they're sending letters to uh, the Persian king to, to get them to stop. And so because of the hostility, they stop building the, the temple. And so the prophet Haggai and Zechariah, they arise, and they have to um, encourage the people to, to build the temple and it's in the midst of this encouragement that he says God says he's going to shake the the heavens and the earth. There's going to come judgment and the temple is going to be built and the, the, the enemies are going to be destroyed. He, he keeps going. I mean, that's how the book ends with um, the temples built. Uh, God God judges the world and uh, Zerubbabel, the, the Davidic um, descendant, is exalted. If we if we view that typologically, and I think we should, then what we see in in Hebrews is the exact same thing. The people of God are supposed to be building the temple, but this time the temple consists of people mm. of believers. Peter and Paul talk about this. First uh, Corinthians, First Peter. Uh, you are you yourself are being built up into a holy temple uh, made of living stones. Um, and what's what's going on? Well, the hostility of the nations, their friends, their family, the synagogue are causing them to want to stop and go back to something lesser. right? And so the writer of Hebrews is arising like another Haggai to encourage the people to continue building the temple. And in the midst of that encouragement, he says, God's going to judge the world. Mm-hmm. The temple's going to be rebuilt, and all the, the hostile nations are going to be judged, and only that which is eternal is going to remain. Mm. Um, and that's what we see at the end of the, of the Bible. We see God, the eschatological temple in all of its glory coming down out of heaven to earth, and uh, all of the hostile nations have been judged the temporary is all shaken, um, and uh, only the eternal is is left. You know, only the eternal remains. Mm-hmm. So, in the midst of hostility, in the midst of friends and neighbors and coworkers and whatever um, tempting you to uh, to abandon the church in order to have the comforts. Of of this temporary world, the author of Hebrews is saying that God's going to shake the heavens and the earth, and all of these these temporary worldly things that you're you're wanting are are going to be gone, mm-hmm. and only the eternal is going to remain. Right. And so it's a it's it's a it's a big encouragement for those first century believers, especially in light of the fact that the the temple is going to be gone pretty soon. But it's a it's a it's a big encouragement for us not to. Love this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter six. That so we're not supposed to store up treasure here on earth. Uh, the Apostle John in First John tells us, "Don't love the world or the things in the in this world." Um, and why? It's because they're all going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, either in time, moth and and rust are going to destroy it, or there's going to be final judgment, and all of these temporary things are going to be gone. Mm-hmm. So keep building the temple. <laughs> keep Keep, keep, keep. You know, uh, keep pursuing Christ. Keep, keep obeying His commands. Don't, don't reject Him who's speaking from heaven uh, and and warning us. Keep, keep going.
0: Yeah, good. All right, awesome. So, there's your first point. Uh, second point is uh, kind of an admonition, right? Therefore, so if you have your Bible, this is verse twenty-eight, uh, and the ESV says, "Therefore, let us be." Grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Your your point, and you, I'll let you explain, while why you think this is better to to read it this way. <clears throat> you have it as therefore, let us hold on to grace, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's your second point. Therefore, <clears throat> let us hold on to grace, and you brought out that this is kind of the way the King James Version yes goes with
1: it. Yeah. So explain a little bit. You want some um, more? You want some more cream soda? Uh, sure. Little little yeah, cream. A little, Larry, right, you, you want a cream soda? You don't want a cream soda? All right, that's the good stuff right there. Jay. Um, so in the Greek, it it says literally, "Let us have grace." Okay. It's um for anybody that knows Greek, it's it's uh echo, which is I have, and charis, which is grace. So let us have grace. Um, Those those two words, I was going to look at it, but I I had a slow start this morning. These two words are used uh, together in other places in the New Testament, and it does communicate that idea of having gratitude. I think in most of those places the words are reversed I don't know if that if that has any um, any bearing on how it's interpreted or not but it it does literally say let us have grace Um, which it could I mean the ESV and and modern translations uh, all of them have uh, let us have gratitude Mm -hmm. Um, I I didn't find any any modern translations that uh, that had it uh, the way that the King James and New King James uh, translates it the New King James, uh, or the King James, uh, and the New King James, they both translate it as uh, let us have grace. Yeah. They, they just keep it as as that. Um, but even though it could have that meaning, we have to remember this is a warning passage. We're, we're in the middle of a warning passage. And as I was reading it, that idea of, of gratitude seemed to be a little out of place so he talks about don't refuse him who warns from heaven um, judgment is coming then he says therefore let us be grateful and then the last verse is, for our God is a consuming fire it just seems a little out of place hmm but as we're looking at the warning passages as we're looking at the book as a whole as we're looking at this warning passage in particular that idea of let us have grace I think is is a better way of, of viewing it, and it it really keeps with I think the tone of this entire chapter. He's talked about let us run the race, um, let us endure hardships as discipline. Uh, you know, strengthen your drooping hands and your weak knees. Uh, make sure that there's no um, you know blatant arrogant sin, or laziness or carelessness. Don't be like Esau who uh, sold his birthright for a bowl of stew. Um, we, we've, we've come to Mount Zion. Um, don't refuse him who is, is speaking. And then I I think he's saying something similar here. Let us have grace. Or as a footnote in the King James says, let us hold on to grace. And I feel like that really carries the idea of what's going on in this chapter and really in the warning passages. Um, so it it, it doesn't and it doesn't lose the gratitude if if you're holding on to grace then how are you supposed to live you should be gracious you should have gratitude and thankfulness Mm -hmm. for it but if you don't if you're not holding on to that grace then you're not going to have the gratitude um so I, i i just felt like the that idea of holding on to grace fits in the overall message of the book and um and the warning passage here it's so it, I think that it, it, this verse, verse 28 could be translated as, um, since we are inheriting this kingdom that is unshakable, that cannot be shaken, let us hold on to grace. And through that grace, let us offer to God acceptable service. Okay. So it's, it's, um, Uh, We we see it in in chapter 4 with, um, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Mm. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I think it's the same idea. I think I think it's it's different words, but I think it's the same idea that that's being communicated there. S- since we're we're inheriting this kingdom, it's been promised to us. Don't fall away, but hold on to grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the final warning in verse twenty nine is is do it because God's a consuming fire. Right. Yeah. So that's um, that's why I I prefer the King James translation that it the King James just translates it very literally right yeah uh, with with just these are what these words are let us let us have grace
0: yeah it seems to fit in with the, uh, like capping off this warrant these warnings because this is the end of the final warning right so hold on to the grace that you've already partaken
1: of that you've oh. already been given and received um I, mean, it, I, I can it, definitely it just, see that it just carries the idea of, of don't fall away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't don't get lazy don't uh, don't quit hold on to grace with a, a tight fist <laughs> don't, mm-hmm. don't let it go um right. and and then he he says that because it's through it's through this it's through this grace that we offer to god acceptable worship um and that word worship it it it's just literally the word service uh-huh and it 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 can have the meaning of, of worship or just service in general. Mm-hmm. And I think um, and a lot of times this word is connected with what the, the priests are doing. Um, so, again, the the, uh, the contrast is in the Old Covenant, the priest and the people would bring worship or service or offerings to God in the temple. But we, who are receiving this, this uh, unshakable kingdom are to offer acceptable service to God not by going to a temple, but by grace. Mm. And again, we, we're we trying to connect what's going on in the entire book. We see that God doesn't desire animal sacrifices. He, he desires obedience. Right, And the only one who ever could offer that acceptable sacrifice is Christ, uh, who came and he lived a perfect life and then chapter 10, a body you prepared for me uh, and through that body, through that blood, he's offered the the sacrifice that God requires. Mm-hmm. And so through that grace that that is on display in the death of Christ, now we can offer acceptable sacrifices to God mm-hmm. um, So again, it's it's that superior, that superior nature of the person and work of Christ. It's better than what the priests are doing at the tabernacle. It's a better sacrifice than what's being offered through uh, through the blood of animals. So right. hold on to grace, and as you're holding on to the grace that has been manifested in, in Christ, now you also can offer acceptable sacrifice and, and acceptable worship to God.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: And and we'll, we'll unpack that in chapter 13. A, a lot of commentaries um, bring out the fact that the the more literal uh the more liberal critical uh commentators look at chapter thirteen and are like this doesn't fit with uh, with this book and so it's probably a later edition. I think chapter thirteen really is just unpacking what is what's acceptable service to God look like. Right. And so that's that's what we see in chapter thirteen. So we're gonna get
0: that fits with a lot of uh, the way like many of the other books in the New Testament oh yeah. are laid out in this fashion. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Right. So he he talks about how Christ is better he warns us to hold on to the grace that that has been revealed in Christ. And through him, we can offer these acceptable sacrifices and, and service to God. And that's what chapter 13 is going to, to be about. Give yeah. give us. Um so you know, we have to we have to wait a little while to get into chapter 13, but you can look ahead if you're like, well, what does it look like to offer acceptable service to God? It's it's right there. It's it's right here in, in chapter thirteen. This is uh-huh. this is what it looks like. And he uses language of the temple and the priest and the sacrifices to talk about what Christians do. We offer sacrifice to God in the way that we live. Uh, we we offer sacrifice to God by acknowledging Christ by ha- by acknowledging Him with our lips. Uh, this is the kind of sacrifice that God requires, mm-hmm. uh, and we offer it as we hold on to grace. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so.
0: Then here comes the
1: question yeah. that I think maybe we talk about for a minute.
0: Well, two, two-part question. You might not want to touch too much on it because it's coming in chapter 13, but how do we do this uh-huh. in the context of we are in this new temple, the church <clears throat> yeah. that God is building up, and we're like living stones being built into this final temple? Uh-huh. How do we do it? And then maybe also, how do we fail to
1: do it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, How do we do it? We can jump over to chapter 13 real quick and look at verses um, 15 and 16. I think it's a good, kind of a good place to look. Um, Through him, through Christ, which I think that's what we see here, through grace, Uh uh, through him. Uh, Then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is... What is the sacrifice of praise? That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. So again, we're, we're tying it into the context of the book. Right. These people are being tempted to apostatize and go back to the, the temple. The, the people in the synagogue are anathematizing people that are following Jesus. So don't follow Jesus anymore, and we will welcome you back in. So... The sacrifice that we're supposed to offer to God is lips that continually um, acknowledge Him, right Right? Um, and uh, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. And again, we'll we'll unpack what that looks like in chapter 13, but that's just kind of a summary. So acknowledge Jesus with your lips. Don't apostatize, don't don't hide that you're a Christian. Do good to others, and share with those who are in need. Uh. Um, it's it's the two greatest commandments. Right. That's what it is. Right. <laughs> it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, uh-huh. and love your neighbor as yourself. That's that's it. That's it's the summary of the of the law. Right. Um, and you do it through Christ. Through Christ. Through right. Him. You you don't do it through. Um, ceremony. You don't do it through uh, you know, ceremonial washings or, or food laws or animal sacrifices. You do it through Christ. Right? Right. Yeah. Um and again that he, he gets he gets really particular. Mm-hmm. Uh we'll 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 see like very practical, everyday ways in which we can do this in chapter thirteen. I mean things like showing hospitality to strangers, um, be sexually pure. Uh, you know, honor the marriage bed um don't be selfish, follow your leaders like obey obey your pastors like stuff that it's it's easy to read, but sometimes it can be hard to do yeah like what if my what if I don't like my pastor what if <laughs> my pastor's telling me to do like well that it's sacrifice to god by by doing what uh what he tells you to do here mm. yeah so how in twenty twenty three
0: Christian, twenty twenty three, going to work, taking care of the kids, taking care of the house. How do we not do this? Like, and what? So the negative part of that. Mm-hmm. How do we fail to do this? Yeah.
1: Today, um, we fail to offer acceptable service to God when we um, really do the opposite of what He's been talking about here. Uh, in this warning passage, so we can we can go back to uh, the beginning of the warning passage, and um, we fail to offer acceptable sacrifice when we don't strive for peace. When we look for ways to fight with people, we're argumentative. Uh, we are troublemakers in the church. Like we're not we're not trying to be at peace with other people. We're we're just trying to get our own way. Well, you're not offering acceptable service to God. Uh, you're not striving for holiness. You're, um, you are living in, um, well, the scripture talks about it as walking in darkness. You're living in unrepentant sin. You are acting like that root of bitterness that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that he hears the word of God. He hears the, the warning. He hears the curse for disobedience. And then he blesses himself and he walks in his own ways. Mm. That's offering unacceptable Mm -hmm. service to God. Uh, Being like Esau. Esau was worldly. He was godless. Uh, He he didn't think about God. He thought about his own belly. Mm. Um, If you want to offer acceptable service to God, then don't be like Esau. Um, Consider the... the, uh, the saints in Hebrews chapter eleven. How they, um, you know, Moses he he didn't consider the uh, the the wealth of of Egypt as anything compared to the the infinite riches of Christ. Like Moses had it all, and he could have had anything that he wanted in in Pharaoh's household. Um, he chose to be despised. He chose to be rejected along with God's people. Because he considered the reproach of Christ to be more valuable than yeah. than the treasures of Egypt, uh, he was offering acceptable sacrifice to God. Um, Abel Abel offered acceptable sacrifice to God through faith, even though it cost him his life. Um, and the way the ways that we fail to offer this this service to God is by showing up to church on Sunday morning and going through the motions of singing these songs of devotion and praise to God uh, praying along with the the saints sitting and listening to a sermon and then leaving and doing whatever you want to do and <laughs> just living like everyone else um, sitting there during a sermon but you're thinking about I wonder what's on TV this afternoon yeah. or what am I going to eat for lunch That that's that's how we fail to do it and we can go on and on and on. Yeah. We see it in the we see it in the, in in churches. Uh you know, he he says we're supposed to offer acceptable service to God with reverence and awe. And um because we 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 come to we come to Mount Zion and it's it's rejoicing and it, it's freedom from the law and it's 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 uh you know, we've been reconciled to God and and we don't have to have this fear of condemnation anymore and and uh, it's you know it's once saved always saved, and so people just live however they want to live, right? Um, and we see that in churches. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it on here the just the just the utter blasphemy that we've seen in churches, the way that that um, worship services just become concerts mm-hmm. or stand up specials or just anything other than preaching God's word and giving him the worship that he deserves. And it's all because we've got people who are worldly. They, they bring in movies and TV shows and video games and music and whatever that they're doing out there six days of the week. And it's like, they don't get enough of it in six days. And so they got to bring it in on Sunday. Right. (laughs) It's like, like, Hey, I watched this movie at home. Why don't we just bring it into the church and, Right, and talk about it here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's not acceptable service to God. Right, and it's it's just flippant.
0: Uh-huh. Fo- how about football themes? Has that been a thing yet? Uh, I haven't. It's gotta seen be anything. Football, football season's I mean, so, coming.
1: I mean, Super Bowl. Super Bowl Sunday going to come. You know, January. J- Super Bowl oh. still in January? Or I like do push know. it to February. I don't even remember. I have no idea. Yeah, but yeah, they'll you know we've got after the move at the movie series, and I mean you saw the video, the guy playing playing Super Mario uh, on on the screen, and then he uh, he turns into Mario. And he come, they come out. there.
0: They had Barbie movie stuff. Oh yeah, recently. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Did you you see that
1: clip? I saw the lady. The of course, lady it's talking, a woman. Past, yeah, yeah, talking a about woman. It. Yeah. We're going to talk about all things Barbie. Wear pink, guys. Even guys wear pink. Yeah.
0: Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wonder why? Yeah. I think uh, what it, the title was. I wonder why men don't go to church <laughs> anymore.
1: Yeah. <right>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've talked about. I mean, church on the glades in Florida is is a. I am offender I mean they've had I've they've had their pastor sitting on you know the the Iron Throne from Game of Thrones and they had like uh, they had like tracks that were talking about like what's Victoria's secret <laughs> and just just I mean it's just worldly. It's just worldly stuff.
0: Yeah, it's almost like they don't believe God is a consuming fire, <laughs> right? Which is the last thing That's he the says. Last line here he gives you a we're, reminder:
1: we're supposed to offer acceptable worship to God with reverence and awe, not flippantly, not carelessly, not not with laziness, not however we want, mm. right? Uh, because. God is a consuming fire and he is this is this is Sinai language this is yeah. Deuteronomy chapter 4 so in Deuteronomy chapter 4 Moses tells the people of Israel take care lest you forget the covenant of Yahweh your God which he made with you and make a carved image the form of anything that Yahweh your God has forbidden you so don't apostatize right offer to God acceptable Worship, for Yahweh your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Again, you, you have to know your Old Testament to, to see the connections that he's making. He's That's a warning passage in Deuteronomy. Uh-huh. It's the same thing that's being communicated in Hebrews chapter 12. The God of Sinai has not changed. He is the same God. And just because you're not at Sinai receiving the law doesn't mean that God is somehow different. And now, well, we can live however we want to live. We can do whatever we want to do. Mm -hmm. God is still a consuming fire. He's still a jealous God. So don't go chasing after other gods. Don't go doing other things. A passage that that stuck out to me uh, that I didn't, it, it's long so I didn't have time to read it yesterday is Isaiah chapter 30 verses 27 through 33 and it's all about judgment and the fire language in it is very um very visceral and so it, it just uh, seemed applicable to to this yeah. like Isaiah takes the, this phrase God is a consuming fire from Deuteronomy and he just expands it to, what God is going to do in judgment? He's going to burn everything up. Uh, God is described as like breathing fire. Uh, this is this this is not um, it's not hyperbole. It's not well. That was the God of the Old Testament. Um, this is this is the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit, who are they're going to bring judgment on those who reject Him. Mm. So the warning is, don't reject him who's speaking to you from heaven. He's warning you right now. So if you're listening, don't refuse him. Come to Christ. I mean, there there is infinite grace and mercy for even the worst of sinners if they would just come to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're a Christian and you are feeling the temptation to act like the world to live like the world to uh you know try to fit in and uh, avoid any conflict or people making fun of you um just remember to uh you know remember this warning remember the saints remember the saints from Hebrews chapter 11 that we we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses who um who now are made perfect on mount zion and be encouraged by that mm-hmm. strengthen those drooping hands and those weak knees and keep running the race yeah yeah hold, hold on to the grace that is yours in Christ yeah good and there's there is all sufficient grace mm-hmm. for us yeah so right. hold on to grace and uh, and persevere
0: Awesome, and that's it for the for the warning passages. That's it, and now yeah. next time, so we'll have a break. We'll do Jonah for about five weeks, and then we'll come back, and you'll finish up Hebrews. How many sermons to finish Hebrews
1: for you? Um, one, two, three,
0: four, five, five. Five. And so by the end of the year, yeah, five. it'll be it'll be
1: done. I think it's yeah, I think it's five.
0: Mm-hmm. That will take us into probably the beginning of December.
1: Ended in November. Somewhere around there, yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, awesome. Thanks, George. I've I've really enjoyed it. I know I've I've learned a lot about Hebrews, so I really appreciate the work you've been putting in. So it's uh, that time on the program where I beg you to write us a review. (laughs) Here we are. Uh, Go to iTunes. Give us five stars and write us a review. And also you could do uh, this. You could take this episode when it's released on podcast, and you could text it to a friend. Um, Help us uh, reach more folks. It's our hope and desire that people understand the Bible better for the main goal that people would come to know the Lord and be conformed into the image of His Son. That's why we're called to conform to Christ. So hopefully this has been a blessing to you, and we'll see you next time on Conform to Christ. Have a good day.